Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We're so grateful that you're a part of our family and we'd love to invite you to one of our services. To find locations, times, and more information about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. Lots of people have asked me about that resp- the, what happened on um, New Year's uh, Day. I, I had mentioned about prayer strategies that the Lord's given us. I've had so many people asking us about that. <clears throat> I don't think I can summarize that in a, um, um, uh, other than to say what I, I was, when, when we're fighting different battles, we need different weapons. You're fighting a grizzly bear, you need a different weapon than when you're squirrel hunting. Like, you just need different weapons. The Lord's giving us, I honestly really believe that he's giving us new strategies and new weapons. And don't ask me to explain what right now, but I think that there's, there's battles we're going to fight and win because he doesn't invite us to a battle we're not going to win. Um, but we need to use the weaponry that he's giving us. just want you to know, like, his armory is filled. The, the, we, we, as we're being conformed to the image of Christ, it's usually a bit uncomfortable, that, that confirmation process, because it requires us giving up the old so we can get a hold of a new. I think we have lots of identities, but only one personality. If you had lots of personalities, that'd be another issue. But we have different identities. And... Um, I happen to be a father and a grandfather, and that's a different identity. I happen to be a pastor. I happen to be a son, brother. All of those are different identities that you function in differently. And, um, you know, one of the beautiful things that I rest in many days is knowing that Jesus is my intercessor, first and foremost. And becoming more and more like him requires that we take on some of these identities that Christ has for us. Um, so that was one of the things that I, I thought, and I... And, and I continue to think of that passage in Psalm 127, unless the Lord builds a house. The question is, how does he build a house? He's building your house, building my house, building this house. But what's critical is our agreement and our partnership with him. That's how he builds a house, with agreement. Because he needs our cooperation. I've entitled this um, message today, if... I think it's if my people, yeah. Uh, th- this has an interesting implication. I'll take, take you to Second Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14, and uh, I'm going to read this. It would seem to me that there are a couple of clear metrics of our spiritual life, and one of them is our connection with Christ and our times of prayer and intimacy with him. That's a metric, a measurement for us, of life. Many people, if you ask them how's their prayer life, they, you know, they fidget and look down and because it's, we're often not that happy with our, that level. And I think that's okay to have a greater, greater hunger, but that we just don't give up. So in first or second Chronicles chapter seven, we read in verse 11, how Solomon had just finished building the temple and his royal palace. He completed everything that he planned. And one night, the Lord appeared to him, said, I've heard your prayers. Uh, and at times, 
this is going to happen, this is going to happen. But verse 14, then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn. There's a lot of, that, that conjunction if has a huge implication because it also carries with it if not. If would imply that, well, if my people do this, and, and, and then it goes, and there's three ands there, I think. If my people, called by my name, will humble themselves. The first part of fasting for me, typically that first whole day is repentance. Because one of the things that gets in the way of the voice of the Lord to us is our pride. We all got it. <laughs> and... And so the, the requirement first is if, they'll, if my people understand that they're called and they're called by his name, would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I'll heal from heaven, forgive their sin, and I'll heal their land. Don't you know that our land needs healing? Don't wait for a politician to make a decision. This is higher than political power. This is kingdom advancement. It's different. Don't, don't, don't get your eyes on the wrong thing. And uh, the, the, I was on a, I ordered something from Cabela this Christmas. Well, actually, it was on Boxing Day. Hadn't arrived yet. And, um, you know, I'm a little nervous, so you get on the phone, you call Cabela. And uh, I don't know if your prayers seem like this sometime or not. I was on for over an hour. We're currently helping other customers. Anybody feel like in prayer that... <laughs> The Lord is currently helping other customers. <laughs> or even worse, like you call MasterCard or you call some of these. You just you put on hold for a long time. The ser- this sermon series is so that your prayer life will be enhanced and that we create a place in our day to pray. Um, it's, it feels to me like it's one of the first things that slips in a church is the prayer meeting. Uh, our staff know I've been very unsatisfied with the levels of prayer. Uh, let, me, let me repeat that. I'm frustrated. Uh, I don't have an answer yet. Um, I know people are busy, and I know certain nights and certain times don't work for y'all. I'm not putting any guilt on anybody. That's not my intention. Um, but just coming back to this, if my people, there's, a, there's, a, there's an imperative on you and I. Because if we don't, he can't. Well, he might pick somebody else, I suppose. But if they don't, then what happens? What if we don't? Something doesn't happen. But if we do, something will happen. I always know that something's going to happen after a prayer meeting. I know it. Something's going to happen because excitement and anticipation and expectation begins to build in our hearts. I need to, I really want to see the prayer meeting come out of the back room and get into the living room. In our church, I would really, really love to see that. And so we'll hear more about that in the future, I hope. But, um, but I, hopefully I can clear up a few misconceptions over the next few weeks. But the fact is that we're always in the process of being upgraded. And the truth is that God is always, in every season, he's looking for ways to express and for us to experience his love. And, and him personally. This morning, that was a very unique expression of the Lord. I thought it was beautiful. 
The story uh, that I want to just begin with, and I'll probably, I'm going to really shorten this, but I'm going to, there's a couple of things I wanted to bring forward here. Luke chapter 2, it's the end of the Christmas story, and we usually don't get to um, talk about this too much, but I just love Simeon and Anna. It says that Simeon was a, he was righteous, devout, he was filled with the Holy Spirit, isn't that amazing? Before the Spirit was poured out. How does that work? I don't know. And he eagerly expected the Messiah to come and rescue Israel. Holy Spirit revealed to him something, and he wouldn't die until he had seen the Messiah. That day, the Spirit led him to the temple. We quit advertising a church quite a while ago because I found that you just get a whole bunch of people that are looking for a church. (laughs) But they may not be the people that God's called me to minister to. Remember Pastor Fenn telling me that I put too much money in the advertising budget. I go, what do we do? So, well, we're going to ask the Lord. So from that time on, that was probably the second year. So that was like 28 years ago, so 27, six years ago. So we've at, so you know what? I used to say this more often, but you're an answer to prayer. Because I've asked the Lord to send the people he wants us to minister. We can't, we're not called to minister to everybody, but we're called to minister to some. As long as I got breath, that's not done. So it says he led, I love this, that he was led by the Spirit to the temple. What if this morning you were led by the Spirit to the church? That has profound implications. Because if he led you here, he's got a purpose in mind for you being here. And until that purpose is accomplished, I would suggest that you just sit still until he releases you. Not this morning, but I'll do that in a minute. But when people think they can just kind of come and go, it's just a minute. There's a place where he's called everybody. It's a specific place where you're specifically needed because the body won't function if the spleen's not there. You lose a spleen and you got complications. Or, But everybody is important. And when you're led to a body, it's so you can contribute something. This is further on in Ephesians where it says that every ligament and every muscle supplies something. So you know what, we are, this, is, uh, this is not a prison, this is a church. Whosoever will can come, whosoever will can leave. I won't stop anybody from leaving, but my question will be this. Has the Lord directed you here? If he has, has he released you? And if he has, I'll bless you. Just looking around, get a witness, you're welcome to come. You're welcome to be here. But while you're here, there's a purpose for you to be here. And I would suggest that we discovered that purpose is, says Simeon took the child. That's, that's mind-blowing. Um, he is, this, is, this is the eighth day, you understand? This is the eighth day. Now, Jesus is eight days old. Shepherds seen him the first day. Um, Anna and Simeon see him on the eighth day. He's in the temple. Uh, the law was on the eighth day you showed up at the temple. It's interesting to me, but did you know, because this is when little boys were circumcised, um, that's complex, um, but the coagulation factor in the male body is the highest on the eighth day. Isn't that interesting? I know. Um, he, he later goes on to say, he, you know, he took him in his arms and said, Lord, I, I can die now. I love that. He's waiting. The God's fulfilled his prayers. Anna's the same way. Gets to hold Jesus. Gets to look face to face. 
Someday we'll see him face to face. I know we will stand before him. He'll ask for an account. She did the same thing. The Lord had led her there. She's now 84 years old. And she'd been widowed night and day. She's there worshiping and fasting in prayer. She came just at the right time when Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph. And she began praising the Lord. Because she talked about Jesus to everybody, the promised king. Our, our times of prayer and fasting and intimacy with the Lord will ultimately bring us into the presence and before the face of God. That's one of the purposes. If you're not, so part of having a purpose, and uh, those of you who follow the little snippets on Instagram or wherever I put them, um, um, you need to have a purpose in prayer. And you need to have an invitation for fasting. This, uh, otherwise, it's just a diet. And sadly, the spirit of religion raises up one of the first things when you begin to fast. That spirit of religion starts to rise up in you. And it's just foul. And, um, and, and, and somehow we think that, that by us not, not eating food, God's going to hear us better. God hears you loud and clear right now. It's a matter of you hearing him. <laughs> right? It's, this isn't a hunger fast. It's not a strike where we're going to just not eat until God comes through. It's a matter of setting aside our flesh so we can hear the Spirit. That's what it is. And like I said yesterday, the mindset on the flesh is death. Mindset on the Spirit is life and peace. That's where we're going. Um, <clears throat> I'm intrigued by, um, by this. Um, if I love Pastor Phil's book on, on prayer, If My People Will Humble Himself. Um, I, th- I personally think that spiritual growth is impossible without prayer. That's what I think. You can think about that and you can disagree. Everybody's free to disagree here. And a few said amen. Spiritual growth is impossible. Pastor Phil calls prayer the lungs of the church. Anything that's alive has to breathe. The church is meant to carry the life of God, inhaling the breath of heaven and releasing the breath of heaven onto the earth. In order for the church to breathe and stay alive, we need to be a people of prayer. It's how the church breathes. Prayer is foundational in our spiritual houses. Prayer reflects our current relationship with the Lord. The Bible says God is spirit, and one-third of you is spirit as well. So what we do is we silence that grumbling, growling, ornery flesh, and after about the second day, it quits growling. It does quit growling, and you're not going to (laughs) die. No, you believe me, you won't die. That's That's a lie. And if you get a headache, that's a good sign. You're on the right track. That's not the devil. Because your body's detoxifying. It's the right thing. After about the second or third day, it'll all be quiet. And then you begin to turn into the frequencies of heaven. It's an exciting thing. Prayer is a blending and the intermingling of our spirit with his. Um, I don't know if you're aware that most, if not all, prayer movements in the world began from a prayer meeting that lasted 100 years by Count von Zinzendorf. What happens when we pray, something happens. From that prayer meeting, all, the, all of the missions, almost all the missions organizations in the world began. Matthew chapter 21, and most of you know this passage, but I love that Jesus says this in verse 13, chapter 1. The scriptures declare, and then he's, he's taking two scriptures. Uh, one is Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 11. You'll see it in the, probably in the 
margin of your Bible, and the other is Isaiah 56 and verse 7. The Scripture declares, my temple or my house shall be called a house of prayer. What a, what a profound statement. My house shall be called a house or a place of prayer, but he said, you guys have turned it into a den of thieves. Listen, this place, this space that's dedicated, we rededicated again this morning, and because the Fargo uh, TV program is going to be filmed here, we're going to rededicate it every day. Um, but, but he said, you've turned it into, you've turned my house into a place of robbers or thieves. This is not meant to take anything from anybody. It's meant to liberate everybody from anything that keeps them from a great, strong, living relationship with Jesus. We don't want to take. We don't want to be a place of taking people's freedoms or taking people's, uh, removing anything from them. We want to add to them. Let it be a house of prayer. I say, let it be a house of prayer. Let his house be a house of prayer. Prayer is both the breath and the bridge that connects us and keeps us alive. I think prayer should be natural, and, um, and I think it should be spontaneous. Many times Kelly asks me, who are you talking to? And I said, I'm just talking to Jesus. She hears me mumbling in the other room. And many times one of the, what I'll just pray, uh, you know, thought will come. I'll, I could be in the co-op, and I'll just have to say the name Jesus because I didn't want that thought. I want Jesus. And it just comes out as simple as that, just as natural as anything. Just, just saying Jesus is a prayer. Um. I'm going to talk the next few weeks about prayer that works, and I know I've talked about um, this before, but you'll find that some things work and some things don't work. I don't know if you noticed that or not. Some schools work, some teaching methods work, (laughs) some diets work. Some stuff works and some stuff doesn't. Prayer is always meant to work. And there's there's some very clear instructions that Jesus gave us on how to pray, And, and we'll talk about that in the future. Um, and, and many of the times, the things that he taught us not to do are the things that very, very much the things that we do do. And we wonder, why isn't prayer working? We're going we're to work on that. Um, our logic could be a bit flawed when we hear that God is love, God is powerful, God loves us, and praying is talking to God. So we talk to God, and then we say the rest is up to him. Flawed logic. A disruptive truth. Because he requires our agreement, if my people... He requires us to cooperate. The most, the most profound thing that happens is not during prayer, but it's after you say amen, what do you do? If you go and act in the same way as before, you maybe just wasted a little bit of time. But prayer is meant to change us, shape us. Um, I think that in his sovereignty, he created a world where the choices of men and angels matter, and they matter a lot. So, so I know oftentimes when people find that prayer is not working, I think they forgot two very powerful truths. First of all, God has given us the authority to partner with him to fulfill his purpose on earth. If he's given, he's given us that choice, and he's given us authority to do things that he, you can ask him to do it, but he's probably delegated that to you to do. Because he requires an expression on the earth, and he works through you and I. And secondly, we are on a path of maturity. God's trying to mature us. This year, just before the service, we had a time of prayer. And what happened during that time, a number of people said, uh, Tim asked, what's your word? Many people said growth. Are you ready to grow? Many, many people want, to, they want the world to change, but they don't want to change themselves. Are you ready to grow? You're going to have to change. You okay with that? A little change? Um, 1 John chapter 2, um, 
lays out a very interesting path of maturity. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 12 and 13, I write to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. And I write to you, fathers slash mothers, same, because you have known who I am, known I'm, maybe you should turn there, because, because you've known I'm from the beginning. And I write to you, young men, because you've overcome the evil one. So children know they're forgiven. You may be able to, you may, there may be people in your own life like this right now, children, young men, and fathers or mothers. But, but it says of the children, they know they're forgiven. I'm learning some f- profound things about the Lord because I'm in a very incom- uncomfortable stage in my life right now. A few, too many things are going on. And I, you, you'll, you'll never know the, the Holy Spirit as comforter unless you have a need to be comforted. You might know in your head, yeah, he's the comforter, but the experience is different when you need comforting. Um, so he says that the children know they're forgiven. Young men, they understand warfare. And fathers or mothers, the mature who reproduce and raise, have levels of intimacy, and you probably have all of those three in your life right now, or you'd be able to identify all of those stages in your life. So great that you're forgiven. Wasn't that fun? Just knowing I'm forgiven. Then comes the battle. Oh, gosh. Didn't see that coming. And then, as you make your way through the battle, you understand the pleasure of intimacy. Nothing better. Last point. We're being called to prayer and fast. I think this is times where the psalmist would say the deep cries out to deep. And this week, we're going to go deep. I'd welcome you to join us here, 6.30 till 8. Going to have a time of prayer. But I find it interesting that, um, that Jesus, not, uh, off, the, the Scriptures often puts them together. Fasting is the abstaining from food for spiritual purposes, primarily. Um, if, you want to find, if you want to fast social media, knock yourself out. I don't think you're going to get the same result. We're, if, we, if you stop social media or stop television or stop something like that and you give that time to Scripture and prayer, that could make a big difference. But basically, and there's three different types of fast, so you should, once you pick your purpose, you pick your time, you pick your type of fast, an absolute, a partial, or a natural. The natural fast is just not eating. And, um, and, and your body goes through this process where it begins to work out this whole thing about it, it doesn't need to be on the throne of your life. Um, and your body goes into, through a few different phases. And um, I'm, I think I maybe just turned to Isaiah 58. Because, because one of the first things that happens in fast, oh, it, where, he's, where he, the first half of Isaiah 58 talks about um, motives. And the same thing happened... In the best sermon in the world, I think, from Matthew chapter 6, where, where Jesus began chapter 6 by saying, just be careful, take care that you, don't, that you don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired, because you'll lose your reward for that. And then he, lays, he gives us three specific things that Christians naturally are assumed to do. He says, when you give, when you pray, and when you fast. Now, now, regarding fasting, he says in Isaiah chapter 58 uh, about, about humbling yourself and, 
and uh, don't look like all that, dress like a certain way. Um, but the kind of fasting I want calls you to, to free those who are wrongly imprisoned and to stop oppressing those who work for you. Oh, this is an interesting thing, to go give clothes, give your clothes to those who are in need and not hide. He's, he's talking about not thinking about internal things but external things. And if you do these things, your salvation will come like the dawn and your health will come forward. Matt, uh, Moses had at least, at least two 40-day fasts and it says when he was 110, he still had awesome eyesight and strength. It says your health will break forth. I think healing is, or, health, or fasting is a, it will heal, help heal us. Your godliness will lead you forward and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. And then when you call on the Lord, he will answer and he'll say, I'm here. Something happens when we set ourselves aside and I make lists of things that I need breakthrough for or I need direction for or I need freedom from. And then I think we're meant to pray for others and intercede for others that the Lord places on your heart. I'm going to just assume that that's already taking place for you right now. That the Lord already knows. I came yesterday in here and I stand here with the lights off and I close my eyes and I saw you. Because the Lord's already been here. The Lord's already been through the rest of this year for you. By the way, and into 2024 and into 2025. So he already knows what he would like to see take place in your life. And if, and if you're interested during these days, you can say, Lord, what's ahead? What do you need to do? And what do you want to do? And how do I align with your purpose for my life? Something in your family needs to give, needs to break. We're told to speak to mountains. What mountain do you need free? What, you, what mountain do you need to move? What prison needs, doors need to swing open? One of the first things that happens, um, I, I know anyway f- for me, is the Lord begins to reveal things that are impediments for me. And so I just begin to repent and I write them down. And I, things that have kept me in prison and things that have kept me bound, my limited thinking and mindsets that have kept me limited. Um, and then... And then um, I think that when we begin to remove those sinful patterns and replace them with godly ones, he says here, then your light will shine out from the darkness and the darkness around you will be as bright as day and the Lord will guide you continually. Don't you love this? This is my family uh, verse, these verses for our family. The Lord will guide you continually, watering your life when you are dry, keeping you healthy too. You will be like a well-watered garden, like an ever-flowing spring and your children... Come on, and your children will rebuild the deserted ruins of your city, and then you will be known as the people who rebuild their walls. Come on, team. Come on back up. We're going to just play that last song one more time. We've already had this encounter, but maybe there's something else that you need this year. Maybe, maybe you need the Lord to reveal to you, what is it? What are the things this week that you want to be praying for and fasting for? Anybody can skip a meal. That's pretty easy. Come on. Everybody, everybody can do a little something. Set aside that time for the Lord. Maybe it's a three-dayer. Those are pretty easy. Maybe it's a Daniel fast where you give up sweets and meats and wine. Now, come on. How about being a vegetarian for three weeks? <laughs> no, 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 but we can all do something. We can give up something. To get a hold of a greater thing. We we all can do something. It says of Daniel, he gave up those three things. This wine and sweets and meats. On the 21st day, an angel showed up. I can't guarantee angels or violins playing when you give up. What will happen is you'll probably get ornery and a little bit grumpy. A little bit more miserable than you already are, in my case. 
But what if you had an encounter? I just love that story of Josh that one year we fasted and prayed and God set him up for the year. He gave him a word for the year. Let's give ourselves. We, we, we are these people that, we're the people of the book. If you want to, you really need to consider not just reading through the Bible in a year, but letting the Bible begin to read you. But just stand to your feet. I want to pray. That what, what's, this is a perfect way to start off 2023 at the altar. I, I know. I, I want to do that again. I want to call to the altar again. I know we don't often do that. Thanks, Elster. He's the first up. Let the, let the children lead us. Father, this year needs to be a year like no other. I don't want another 2022. Dear Lord, I want a, I want a, I want a visitation. Come on. You're hungry for the Lord? You want a greater hunger for the Lord? Come on. Want a different outcome? Got to do something a little different. Never been to the altar? Come on forward. Father, in this place, we want to leave different than when we came. Lord, I remember that him burdens are lifted at Calvary. I don't know what's heavy in your heart today. Father, we're going to give ourselves to you and the things that are on your heart, we want to hear them this week. Prayer doesn't start with us. It starts with him initiating a relationship with us and us hearing what he wants done on the earth. God, a revival. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube. If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.